welcome to the Compassionate and Warrior Show. It is a podcast about rising up and becoming a warrior, empowering women through compassion and strength. Each episode, we will be interviewing strong women from all walks of life and learn from their journey. And I'm your host for today, Alpha. And it's going to be different because I do have a very special guest. And it's with a great pleasure to introduce everyone to a very special friend of mine, Anna Panunto, a course lecturer at McGill University and adult educator from the English Montreal School Board with over 20 years of experience. Welcome to the show, Anna. Thank you, Alpha. It's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, uh, we've always talked about this project for a very long time, and I think that, you know, timing is perfect, and this mm -hmm. brings about what we've envisioned a long time ago, what I've been sharing with you for a very long time. So why don't we share to everyone what's our background? Yes. Okay, well, I have a, a Bachelor of English Literature with a minor in Women's Studies and a Master's in Education, both from McGill University. Um, and I'm also a freelance writer, and uh, po poetry has been my passion since the age of 13. And as you've introduced me, I'm also an, an adult educator. That's great. Um, over 20 years, that's a, an extent, extensive background experience mm -hmm. in the academic field. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? It is quite extensive. Uh, my first teaching experience was at a private language school, Berlitz Language School. Um, and then after that, I started teaching at the English Montreal School Board and at McGill. And I've done corporate training. I've taught academic English, uh, which means high school English to uh, dropouts um, or just those wanting to... Uh, uh, be certified or get their high school leaving certificate. Um, and I've also taught basic English uh, and literacy as well. Yeah, that's good. And also at the same time, I mean, for the last 20 years, I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes mm -hmm. or, you know, some, some, some journey along the way. Um, can you please like, tell me a little bit about the difference that you mm -hmm. notice uh, with the learning experience of every students and what are those things? Well, bearing in mind uh, the theme of your show, warriors. So if I think about that, uh, female warriors, I've had plenty in my classroom. Uh, there are many stories of uh, newcomers um, having to deal with a lot of stress, uh, post-traumatic stress, um, many refugees, uh, many women coming here alone or uh, with their families, but having lost loved ones. Um, and so as an educator, I'm not necessarily just teaching them a language. I'm also uh, creating a safe uh, learning environment for them, and I'm also an introduction um, as to what Canada is for them, a new home. And um, as a result, I learn from them. And I also um, get to appreciate my country even more and realize how privileged I've been my whole life uh, because we take many things for granted. And so my students remind me of that. 
But you, you're also a teacher who always consider yourself. You're not. Um, you do. You're bicultural, right? Yes. So can you please tell us a little bit more about being bicultural and mm-hmm. having um, an ethnic background at the same time, and mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, excelling in the academic field. Uh, yes, uh, bicultural identity. Uh, that was uh, my journey during my academic years at the university. What does that mean? Uh, I am of Italian origin, um, and Italian was my first language. Um, and I was raised in a very traditional Italian family. And so being bicultural means having two identities, uh, the Canadian world and the Italian world. And sometimes we feel that we belong to neither. And so having grown up uh, Italian and uh, having faced certain challenges, that has helped me over the years connect with my students. Um, am I Italian-Canadian, Canadian-Italian, just Italian, just Canadian? It depends sometimes who I'm with. It depends uh, my environment. Uh, however, uh, I've learned to embrace my biculturalism And I encourage my students to do the same because, in fact, their children will be who I've been, right? They will have to face that bicultural identity at some point. It's it's just going back to being bicultural and all that and you teaching, you know, or being as an agile educator. Mm -hmm. um, What reflections or what resonates with you from time to time? Um, in terms of the coping mechanisms of these immigrants who's taking language courses and trying to integrate to the Canadian society? Mm-hmm. Well, um, every class is unique and uh, it is a multicultural environment, but sometimes in a classroom, one culture will predominate. And so depending where they're from, some already have uh, a background in English Uh, Others are already functionally bilingual. Uh, For example, North Africans speak French fluently. Um, But sometimes you'll have students that have no knowledge of French nor English. So that makes it more challenging for them because here, as you know, in our province, we have to be bilingual. So it, it poses a problem. Not for their kids so much because children pick up language very easily, but mostly for them. And their age also plays a big factor. I've seen that students um, that are 35 years of age or more tend to um, suffer a little bit more because almost all of them are professionals. And in their native country, they were practicing their profession for quite a while. And sometimes they have to start from zero because their education is not valid here. So many factors come into play. And some students also end up in divorce. They come here and they divorce. Um, So every class is unique. um, And their background, their age, uh, their status uh, also in their native country uh, plays a big role social status okay 
And what drives and guide you as you try new ideas and lesson, considering the fact that mm -hmm. the demographics of your class comes from different background, different mm -hmm. status, different level, you know, mm -hmm. um, different you know level of life, mm -hmm. and all that. Well, the thing is, uh, my job uh, is to teach them English, depending which level I assigned. Usually, I'm an advanced level teacher. Um, so that makes it easier, actually, because when you're an advanced level teacher, they already have a, a background. And more often than not, they already have a part-time job or some volunteer experience, and they've somewhat integrated in Canadian society. Um, my job is to um, help them understand their new country in terms of uh, culture, right? Mentality, um, uh, understanding how people connect, um, networking, how does that work? Um, in some countries, you're not supposed to solicit yourself or market yourself. Uh, your CV is supposed to speak for itself. Um, and they have a hard time marketing themselves on a job interview. So sometimes we have to explain that to them, that you have to bring forth all your strengths and uh, your qualities. And they sometimes they feel very uncomfortable with that. So these are just little examples. And um, sometimes also um, their children and their children going to school and interacting with other kids. And sometimes they don't understand why we do certain things here uh, because it's not something that they're used to. So an adult educator is not just um, teaching a language. You're also teaching about culture. You're helping them integrate. You're also a psychologist in some ways um, because if you have students with post-traumatic stress, I mean, they're not going to share with you their diagnosis, but it's over the years I've learned to detect a student who suffers from that, or if they just have anxiety, you have to create a safe learning environment, which means that you have to be gentle with them and sensitive. So there's the ethics of care. There's uh, being empathetic with your students and being patient and um, trying to put yourself in their shoes. I agree completely. Um, I've attended, you know, I've given some workshops in your class uh, mm -hmm. numerous times, and mm -hmm. I met some of your students. Mm -hmm. And I can see, or I've, as I've observed, I've seen them struggle in so many levels, mm -hmm. and they really want to be effective integrating in the Canadian society. Mm -hmm. However, um, like what you said, they're they're there to. To study the language, right? Mm -hmm. To to improve their English skills, uh, communication skills, and all that mm -hmm. too. But looking back or discussing about the cultural background, that's oftentimes the limitations that prevent them from advancing themselves or progressing, regardless of their uh, academic background. I've uh, seen students uh, that were doctors, surgeons, start from zero, and they felt privileged doing so. Um, they just chose another path here. Uh, for example, there was a woman from Eastern Europe 
who was a surgeon in, um, in the Ukraine. And today she's a physiotherapist. And she's quite happy with that. Um, whereas there are others uh, that were other professions and feel very resentful starting from zero. And they're angry. And so sometimes as a, as a teacher, as their teacher, I have to present to them the positive aspects of starting from zero. Um, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, integrating is uh, not the same for everyone. So my job is to be unassuming and not pass judgment. Um, sometimes students will actually move back, you know, to their native country or just move to another province. And that's okay. Uh, my job is uh, to just, like I always say, create that safe learning environment so that way they can remember that when they were in Anna's class, they felt good. And I think I can validate that because I've been in one of your class at McGill, mm -hmm. I was looking back at nine years ago. Yeah, um, how time flies. Exactly. Um, nine years ago when I was in your class, when I was studying at McGill, mm -hmm. um, we just connect. I mean, you asked me to go to a different class, but I stayed. <laughs> For some reason, maybe universe is telling me, okay, you know, you're, you're meant to, to have a relationship, you know, to, to be connected mm -hmm. with this person mm -hmm. as a friend. And that's how our journey started. Yes. And this uh, brings up the point of uh, relationships and connections with students. Uh, you uh, will always uh, remain one of my most uh, precious students. Uh, because I've uh, had the opportunity, I've been blessed to have you in my life, and I've seen you blossom um, in so many ways. And yes, and this is the reward, and there's no, no money in the world that can, <laughs> that can pay for this. I mean, just to see your, your students blossom into the way you have to uh, have the privilege of, of seeing that. I mean, now you... I've been a guest speaker in my uh, classes for quite a while now, I would say a good three, four years. And um, you've lectured on different topics. I did. Um, yeah. Workplace culture, which is uh, an important um, part of integrating, right, in Canadian society. You've talked about stress as well. Uh, many different topics volunteering volunteering and how important volunteering is in Canadian society this is something that some students don't understand uh, because they just naturally volunteer in their community and they don't even call it volunteering it's being part of the community uh, so they don't understand the connection between work and volunteering how is that considered work that's your moral obligation to volunteer in your community. So you've explained that to them. Um, and so there's an exchange. I was your teacher and I taught you professional English at McGill, but then it's almost like a chain. It continued and now you're teaching my students and I'm learning from you. See, I'm not just a teacher, I'm also a learner. So is a teacher just a teacher? No. A teacher is also a learner, um, and that is what makes life, I think, enriching because 
if we stop learning, then we stop living. And there's always something I can learn from my students, uh, be it um, on a mental level, knowledge-wise, or be it spiritual level. Um, and I think that's part of uh, one's growth. I think you're not just being a teacher on the academic level because you've taught so many students not only how to adapt, mm. integrate, but mm. also how to hone their skills, mm -hmm. but more importantly, how to become a better person. Yes, and I've also uh, done quite a bit of corporate training. I've taught at Revenue Quebec and Revenue Canada. I've taught accountants. And I've always been afraid of these people. <laughs> For what reason? Taxes. Taxes scare me. <laughs> um, and I had this uh, preconception of what auditors are like. And man, did I learn a lot from them. You know, it's not easy being a Revenue Quebec or Revenue Canada auditor. Um, and that was more business. That was more professional, uh, teaching them conflict resolution, teaching them uh, how to communicate uh, really on a professional level, how to deal with taxpayers, because when a taxpayer calls you, they're always angry, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, that was different. Uh, but there was still some learning there. There was still, and I think the learning is that we're all human beings. And uh, we all have something to learn. That I, I agree completely because, you know, the people that we meet mm -hmm. in our lives one way or another, we end up being their teacher or we become their student. There's That's always right. something to learn from anyone, from everyone. And it, this, is, this is what makes life interesting, right? Mm -hmm. And like meeting you, having to be one of your students and being able to give some workshop in your class and, you know, being on a, on a different, you know, role, mm -hmm. you know, with you. I mean, it's, it's such a privilege, such an honor. I believe a lot of students can vouch to that too as well. I've seen how all of your students loved you and patronize you and really uh, appreciate all of the effort that you've done for them. And you're one of the few teachers that I've met who's very dedicated and open and innovative when it comes to um, teaching your students new skills. Innovative in a sense that you want to try new things based from how you feel. I am very kinesthetic. It's all based on how I feel. I feel the classroom. I feel the energy. And I go based on their needs. So, of course, there's a curriculum to follow and respect as well because I do have a job to perform. But then I modify it according to the needs of my students. Some students need more of uh, conversation, for example, or need to learn more about uh, volunteering, for example. So we focus on that. So that way they can get a job or, I don't know, pursue other studies. It's not about me. It's about them. Um, and sometimes you will have students that just can't, uh, relate to your style of teaching so being innovative as you say is is wonderful for the majority of students but what do we do with that small percentage of people that don't like that right that are used to the traditional approach and don't like this innovative way well we have to uh, respect their point of view 
and we have to understand where they're coming from which is very hard not pass judgment which is very hard because we all want to be liked and uh, this I've learned over the years this has taken me 15 years to learn we can't please everyone and if as a teacher we can make a difference to just one student that one student well you've done your job so we have to also understand that we cannot please everyone yeah <laughs> that's a very uh you know a very strong statement in a way that pleasing everyone i think that speaks for everyone too right mm -hmm. I mean, you're in a class setting trying to please everyone. Obviously, you can adapt, you can propose. But at the end of the day, it's the person's responsibility, the willingness to learn and to adapt, right? Mm -hmm. But if you bring that out of the context, the willingness to learn and to adapt, that's a different scenario because when ego gets in the way, that's, mm. you know, and I think you have this issue in one of your class too, where mm -hmm. since considering that different backgrounds are all professionals and here you are teaching them new language and a new mm -hmm. environment, there's an ego clash every once in a while, right? Do you so, think that's a challenge for you sometimes? Uh, that's a very good question. Sometimes students gel beautifully together and they actually become friends and stay in contact for years. Um, I've seen even people fall in love in my class, couples. I've seen people become best friends, but I've also seen conflict. Um, so what do we do when students don't gel at all? You continue teaching, you do your best, and you wish them well. And you cannot obligate students to gel together and connect. I, at the beginning of my career, I would obligate, but you can't obligate. Sometimes it clicks, sometimes it doesn't, and you just have to accept do you find it more challenging teaching adult education mm. versus a high school student? No idea. I subbed uh, in a high school class maybe a few times um, and also at an elementary private school. Actually, it was a private elementary school. That's not my thing. No, uh, I don't relate so well with children. I'm afraid of them because they are so impressionable and uh, it's not my calling so i know for a fact that being an adult educator is where i should be um, and based on what some of my friends have shared with me being a high school teacher is a completely different thing it's another world it is it is yeah um what do you find most frustrating about teaching um Hmm, very good question. Because <laughs> we, you've always shared with me your, you know, frustrations every now and then, but nothing particularly about teaching. So, is there <laughs> something that you're frustrated about teaching, or was it just a system, or was it just, you know? Well, um, sometimes it can be uh, the system, yes, uh, with all our budget cuts, right? But uh, on the same token, I, I think students are very lucky to have the opportunity to learn English at the English Montreal School Board. It's government funded, you know, um, so that's very positive. Um, 
I don't know what my frustrations would be. I don't really have any. Just uh, everyday frustrations, I guess. <laughs> Life. Yeah. In general. Yeah. And what do you like best about teaching, on the contrary? To see my students uh, blossom, grow, continue, move on. Uh, some have pursued PhDs. Some have found uh, amazing jobs. And uh, whatever skills they learned in the classroom, they were able to use in, in their profession or even at home uh, with friends. So I like to see movement. I, le I like to see progress. You know, that makes me proud. Thank you. I just want to go back uh, at the early on of the conversation where you mm -hmm. mentioned that, you know, you've seen warriors in your class, all of mm -hmm. those um, students who have actually worked hard, dedicate themselves in further in their studies and at the same time trying to assimilate to a new environment. Mm. I believe that teachers are un unsung warriors. Considering yourself that you put your you take your heart in your sleeves when you go in the classroom, mm -hmm. you care about your student, you listen to them, mm -hmm. and you're very patient enough to still remind yourself that you're here on a mission and to educate the kids around you, to educate you know the people around you, and to make them efficient and effective to be part of the Canadian culture. Yeah. I think it's it's a lot of work, but that not many people appreciate. Or, you know, not many people actually realize. Mm -hmm. In the first 10 years of my uh, teaching, I was an academic English uh, teacher at uh, the English Montreal School Board. And I taught secondary four and five English. Um, and uh, back then, I had many high school dropouts, not only from Quebec, but some from Vancouver, Uh, from Ontario, and uh, they were young, I would say, in their early 20s, and the school system didn't work out for them. They were either, um, uh, they had certain challenges, um, either schizophrenia, bipolar, anxiety, and um, they were labeled. I... Uh, I had, uh, yeah, many experiences of that sort, but um, th there's one student in particular, Sim, he was uh, really interesting because he didn't speak in the classroom. He refused to speak and connect. And uh, by the end of the session, he actually took a liking to English literature and then moved on and got a bachelor and a master's degree in Germany wow impressive and when he got his degree I was invited uh, to celebrate with his family so he's one of my greatest success stories that's a success on its own and that's very impressive I mean who would have thought right like what you said early on he, he's not talking at all in your class but ends up he was very distrustful distrustful of teachers Okay. Is there a particular reason? Have you discovered what, yes. why? Yes. He, he didn't have uh, a very uh, positive uh, experience in the school system. And he was brilliant. And how I uh, got him uh, was I was captivated by his voice. <clears throat> he had a radio voice. Okay. Simeon, actually. Sanchez. Half Filipino and half British. 
Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Amazing voice. And for some reason, I was, I managed to get him to speak and do his presentation. I was just in awe of his voice. And that's how it started to just have him speak. And once he trusted me, he spoke. And then that's it. He was able to study. He just needed to trust me. Well, because you provided that safe environment for him to be himself and, you know, cultivate that skills that you believed in him. And you are very good at that. Whenever you you know how to, you can easily identify students and and love their potentials half the time. And you've actually helped them realize that in so many ways. I think the theme of my uh, warriorism, I don't know if that's a word, (laughs) (laughs) is to give a voice. I I believe that. I believe that. I mean, you've worked for X amount of years surrounded Mm -hmm. by immigrants wanting to assimilate and integrate. You're you're basically um, a therapist, a counselor on on its own. Mm -hmm. Um, You're a warrior because you save a lot of students. You've encouraged them. You've actually provided them hope. You've ended up being a friend to a lot of them, even myself. So I think on its own, it's a beautiful journey that you've undergone being, you know, a teacher. It's not just being a teacher. Mm-hmm. You've done so well in your lifetime. And I've always told you that, that, you know, they become your family on a grander scale. You made a difference in the society because these people, these students who have actually attended your class mm-hmm. become someone in the end. Well, to break the silence, <clears throat> and that goes back to my my academic degree with my minor in women's studies to break the silence not only for women but also for men Um, there are many of us that suffer in silence and so if we can spear through the darkness and give someone a voice then I think we have done a lot I agree I agree completely and providing a voice providing an opportunity to anyone who who who've got a lot to share and it all starts with your first words breaking the silence and speaking and not being afraid of sounding silly not being afraid or ashamed of your accent mm-hmm. right um not being afraid of being judged and humiliated just saying what you feel regardless having the courage to say what you feel. And that's something in my classroom that I'm very strict about, respect. When, whenever a student is speaking, <clears throat> we listen. We don't talk with our classmates or check our phone. We have to give our undivided attention to our classmates. And I speak in the collective, our classmates. So it all starts with being a good listener, learning how to listen, and then speaking. So that creates a safe learning environment, knowing that the words I'm struggling to get out actually matter to my classmates. Then I will make an effort to actually say something because they will have listened to me. Mistakes and all, it doesn't matter. And you facilitated that so very well. I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen them stumble upon their words and 
And you still encourage them regardless. And in the end, they've gained their confidence to fully express themselves mm-hmm. all through what I've witnessed a couple of students during my workshops in your class to where they're kind of hesitant at the beginning to speak out. But mm-hmm. you've allowed that person to share mm-hmm. his view or her views mm-hmm. in most cases and just you know, let it all out and just, you know, be, this is my experience. This is my story. And I think that through that, you've actually made them feel confident. Mm-hmm. And I remember each and every workshops that are, you know, being a guest speaker in your class after each classes, they, they would always come to you say, thank you for having someone to come in. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, being part of that class, being an immigrant myself too, as well, gives them a little, a little bit of hope, a little bit of courage to say, you know what? Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, we're all in this together because I told them I've shared your journey, you know, like mm-hmm. we're all trying to learn something new here and uh, it's how we make it. And um, it doesn't matter how rich you are. <laughs> that I agree. It's not about money. It, it's just about taking the next step. And what most students have said about living in Canada, what they love is that you can be who you are. No one will judge you here, really. Um, You could just be yourself. And I think that's amazing. It is. It is a privilege to be yourself, actually. Yes, and we take that for granted. We do. I, myself, as a Canadian, have taken that for granted. And my students keep reminding me how lucky we are to be free to be free to just get up in the morning dress the way you want say what you want leave the house when you want walk down the street and be safe go out with your friends and be safe and not worry just these everyday details we take for granted couldn't agree more couldn't agree more um this is something that most of us or every one of us doesn't consider with our day-to-day life. Yes. And the fact that we can study and work. Um, for some people, studying was not an option. And we're privileged. And they had to marry regardless. Um, and here we choose when and who we want to marry. Um, so this is an example of freedom. Well said, because this is the place where we actually have the choice and we use the power of choice and we use that voice over and over again. And another uh, topic uh, that I discuss uh, a lot in my classroom is mental health. In most countries, mental health is not really talked about openly and we have many um, facilities here, many services. We have hotlines um, that can help people with their uh, health, mental health. So it's something that uh, needs to be discussed, I think, in most, cl- in, in most classes, regardless of level, just giving them information about services that are available for them or for their partners or for their children. Oh, it's good to to bring that up. Um, Anna's been a really great mentor uh, for a lot of students, even myself too as well, whether it be a career advisor or a corporate setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned a lot all those years. 
and her being an artist too as well a lot of people could resonate with her with 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 appreciation arts music and all those kind of things so let's bring something fun about you i've known anna for for quite some time i know she does have a crazy obsession Mm. maybe you can share it to everyone what's your one of your crazy (laughs) obsession i'm a perfume collector niche perfumes and i love collecting uh, antiques mostly paintings Uh, i love collecting um, old art and then working on on the paintings myself and redefining them but yes i've been a perfume collector for 30 years and all my friends and family members have benefited from this addiction yes and i'm one of them (laughs) yeah I'm one of them, and I really appreciate that. Um, if there's one thing, if, if you will be given opportunity right now to mm. um, extend or say a message to any of your students in your class, what would it be? To all of them? To all of them. A message? A message. Hmm. Even from those students who have actually moved on with their life or current or past students, what would be the message that you'd like for them to remember about you? Well, the words that I keep uh, repeating in my classroom are Canadian mentality, North American mentality. So I would ask them a question. So have you learned the Canadian mentality? Uh, That's a joke. Uh, The message would be just keep learning and keep an open mind um, because we're always uh, confronted with new challenges. So we have to keep an open mind in life. And embrace them, accept them. Yeah, and that goes for myself too. I have to keep an open mind as well. Because as the years have gone by, guess what? My students are looking younger and younger. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm getting older. So I have to keep an open mind. And so there's a new generation of students coming in. I'm sure they, they'll adapt very well. And, and so was you, because you're very good at that. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, we can, you know, we can invite you for another topic to us, well, to expand more. One of the stories or highlights of your you know, teaching uh, experience, we can fully discuss on several topics, because you've been, I mean, I'd like to tap, tap on the feminist side, obviously, mm, which... My feminist side. You ex- want to tap into my feminist side. <laughs> So we we could expand on that later one. I think it's a good opportunity to to discuss it further because uh, you've done you've done some studies. So this is more on you being a warrior, highlighting your success being a teacher with extensive experience, sharing the platform to a lot of immigrants, newcomers, mm-hmm. and trying to help them integrate and assimilate to the Canadian society. And being a warrior yourself, battling your own story, mm-hmm. and still fulfilling an obligation and a mission towards the students so we thank you for that oh thank you alpha and i thank you all for being in my classroom thank you so much Mm -hmm. so i guess uh, we would like to thank each and everyone for listening in um make sure to uh, like and subscribe to the compassionate warrior they are it is available on podcast podbean um, itunes and even youtube so if you like what you hear, if you want to know more, if you would like to suggest any topics or you'd like to be part of our show, um, you can uh, send an email at 
thecompassionatewarrior2019 at gmail.com or you can just leave a comment to any of those platforms. So this podcast is made for all of us warriors. Thank you very much for your love and support. So whenever you get a chance, spread the word. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alpha.